Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, contrast, right? Life's about contrast. I said this in my parlor tease this morning for my show. I've been doing teases every morning on my parlor account at DBongino. That's what it's about, right? You put a diamond on a black background, it looks really shiny. Something moving in a crowd is hard to detect. Something moving in the uh, open Serengeti where nothing else is moving but some grass, you see it right away. We detect contrast. What the heck does the GOP stand for? Are they creating a contrast or not? Life's all about contrast. I'm going to play for you on today's show probably the most important two minutes. It's a long clip you've seen on television a long time from the Tucker Carlson show last night. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Keep your online activity free from those prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Man, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, thanks for asking for the uh, the follows and whatnot yesterday. On my parlor thing, what, 15,000? Yeah, oh yeah, you blew up. Dude. He's at Joe Haas 1. H-O-Z, Joe H-O-Z 1. He's got 15,000. No, I told you. We have the greatest audience in the world. And by the way, I just yeah. want to remind you, Joe, since Friday's show will be a pre-taped interview with yeah. President Trump's, uh, one of his attorneys, Jen Ellis, you're going to have to do the It's Friday on Thursday. So we'll have to have an It's Thursday or something because the people can't go. I'm just warning you now. I'll get a lot Alrighty, of complaints. man. I'll keep it in All right? mind. You bet. It may be something new, but we'll try it. All right. All right. Let me get to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. The GenuCell summer blowout sales here for everyone. Right now, order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment. And Chamonix will double your supply of both products for free. Here's what Beverly from Huntsville, Alabama had to say about GenuCell. OMG, love this product. Saw a difference the second time I used it, and I recommend it to everyone if they have a problem with their jawline. My daughter even told me I look younger than last week. It's a big favorite in our house. Now you turn, you can look years younger, even decades longer, just like Beverly. We use it. Mother-in-law uses it. Absolutely loves the product. Results guaranteed. You simply get 100% of your money back. Otherwise, it's that easy. Order GenuCell now, and Chamonix will double your order for free for a limited time. Here's what you need to do. Go to GenuCell.com, enter my special promo code DAN30, that's DAN30, at checkout for an instant $30 off your order. And for results in just minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Get double your order free plus a surprise luxury gift. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Don't wait another minute. GenuCell.com, go to GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, GenuCell.com, use promo code DAN30, DAN30 at checkout. All right, Joe, let's go. So as I said, um... I'm going to play for you probably the most important two minutes of television. This is a long clip for a show like this, and I understand that. It's from the Tucker Carlson show on the Fox News channel last night, where his monologues, his opening monologues have been spectacular. Listen, I don't agree with everything Tucker says. You don't have to. He's open to opposing opinions. He has liberals on all the time, and I enjoy the show. But the monologue last night was spectacular. And the basic premise of the monologue, before we get to it right now, is this. We have an election coming up. It's a binary, binary choice. We know what the Democrats are about now. I've laid it out for you on prior shows. I'll cover it again today. That's not the question. The question is, what the hell are the Republicans about? Listen to this two minutes and digest every single word of this. Check this out. Black Lives Matter has said it wants to eliminate police departments, dismantle the nuclear family, and install socialism in the United States. Even in the highly revolutionary year of 2020, those don't seem like winning positions in the state of Indiana. So we asked Mike Braun to explain how that works exactly, and it didn't go well. We're not going to play you the tape. It feels like piling on to do that. We'll just sum it up this way. At one point in the interview, Mike Braun explained that he was pushing left-wing legislation 
because he was afraid of being criticized by Chuck Schumer if he didn't. The whole thing went like that. It was remarkable, almost beyond belief, really. Again, we're not trying to be mean here. Cruelty is easy, too easy, especially with politicians. The closer you get to them, the easier you realize it is. And by the way, Mike Braun doesn't seem like a bad person. If you live next door to him, you'd probably like him. Braun's just weak, and he doesn't really believe in anything. He's definitely not alone in that. An awful lot of Republican office holders look very much like Mike Braun right now, probably most of them. That's a problem. In a moment like this, it is a severe and dangerous problem. Here's why. Republicans at all levels could lose this fall. If they do, there will be profound consequences for you. People who supported Donald Trump will be punished. There's absolutely no question about that. There's never been an American political party as radical and as angry as the Democrats are now. Imagine them with unlimited power, and that's what they plan to get. In their first year, Democrats will give voting rights to every illegal alien in this country and then encourage many others to join them from abroad. At a minimum, that means more than 20 million new Democratic voters overnight. No Republican will win nationally again. We will have one-party rule. But Democrats don't plan to stop there. In Congress, they will abolish the filibuster. That means they'll be able to do whatever they want to do with just a simple majority, which they will have. They plan to pack the Senate by making the District of Columbia a state. Giving statehood to D.C. is unconstitutional, clearly, but they're not worried about that. They plan to pack the Supreme Court, too. They've said so. So what will Democrats do with all of this untrammeled power? It's pretty easy to imagine. We won't go into details right now. We don't want to wreck your night. But look around. You've got a pretty good idea of what's coming. Sounds like something we discussed on the show a few days ago, doesn't it? We warned you on this show about this. Ladies and gentlemen, so you understand the collective mentality of the Democrat Party right now. They believe you must understand them to defeat them. If we don't understand what they're thinking, it's going to be very hard strategically to counter it. The Democrat Party right now is listening to an increasingly radical base that is telling them Donald Trump has presented a unique crisis in American history. This is what they're saying, not what I'm saying. Please understand. Donald Trump has presented a unique crisis in American history. That unique crisis can only be countered by throwing away the rules, the regulations, and the limitations we put on ourselves and on power in the past. And we're going to have to just go for it now to correct this abomination of a four years they believe the Trump administration was. Again, it's an absurdity with that they believe that, but trust me when I tell you this is what they believe. You will see them constantly defended by their liberal media activists if they do gain power in all branches of government. Anything they do will be perceived by the media and, 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 and regurgitated by the media as a corrective action for four years of just a stain on American history in the Donald Trump administration. What will you see? I talked about it the other day. I'll go through the list again so you know what's ahead. And I've got a warning. If you think for a minute, as I pleaded and begged with you, if you think for a minute that this is not coming to your door, I'm begging you to please wake up. This will be at your door sooner than you can ever possibly realize if you go along with this and don't start to fight back now. What's coming to your door? Tucker made a point abundantly clear. If they win this election, Joe Biden, and they take the Senate as well, 
They will own all three branches of government. There's a liberal bent on the Supreme Court. John Roberts is not a conservative. He's a liberal. They will own the House of Representatives and a majority. They will own the Senate. We will no longer have a filibuster. They will own the presidency too, meaning they can do whatever they want. They will march right over you and there'll be nobody to stop them. You think the media is going to stop them? Are you kidding? Ladies and gentlemen, Tucker makes the point that they are going to want to punish you. These are not sane people. They're not rational actors anymore. I'm not talking again about voting Democrats out there in the population. Some are. Listen, there are crazy people, sadly, everywhere. I'm talking about the people in D.C. are now completely held hostage to the radical left base of this party. They want people punished. You. They want you punished. They want you hurt. They want you dissuaded, hurt financially, hurt emotionally. They want you demoralized. They want your health care pulled, your education system taken over. They want any of your businesses involved with any kind of conservative enterprise or any enterprise that doesn't back leftist causes, bankrupted. They want you punished. You are going to see a uh, wiping out of the filibuster, meaning their majority is all they'll need. They will no longer need 60 votes. 50 will be enough. If they have that majority, they will steamroll American politics like you've never seen before. Your vote, your vote will be meaningless. There will be legislation somehow to work through getting people in the country illegally, somehow able to vote. It, it's not, you take my warnings now. Take them seriously so you know how to react today. Your taxes will go up dramatically. I'll cover that today. Your wallet will get lighter. Your health care is gone. You will see a government-run health care system. They will pack the Supreme Court. They're already talking about it. The Senate, they will make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state. We'll never have a Senate majority again. Finally, you may say to yourself, my life's fine. Got a nice house, a couple kids, white picket fence, dog named Fido. I live in the burbs. Eh, I was told all that stuff before. Nothing ever happened. My life's okay. Don't worry. I'm out of this fight. You guys handle it. It's all yours. You heard about the war in the suburbs? Oh, you haven't heard about that either, have you? Well, if you're a listener to this show, many of you have been longtime listeners, you know exactly where I'm going to go with that. I got a story coming up in a few minutes how your, yeah, your suburbs, where you live, where you thought you were going to escape, escape from the tyranny of big, uh, big government uh, in liberal cities run by communist-led mayors in some cases, you thought you escaped? Good luck. What are they doing to the suburbs? Don't miss the rest of the show. I warned you about this too. It started under the Obama administration. The Trump administration, Secretary Carson's not doing enough to get rid of this. And now Joe Biden's pledging to double down. Get to that in a little while as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't say this enough. I said it opening the show and I'm going to say it again. You need to stand for something. I know you understand this. I know it. Sometimes we all need a little reinforcement though. We're not, I thoroughly believe this with every ounce of my soul, every fiber woven through my being. We are not put here to win fights. You don't know. You can't predict the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't understand what's going to happen. You can't predict the future. You were put here to fight the fights. 
If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But the meaning of this is the fight, not the result. I say that because if, God forbid, we lose this election, there are going to be a lot of disgruntled people. We have to get ready for a long-term battle, a battle the left has been in with us for a long time. And ladies and gentlemen, for as uncomfortable as it makes us, they never give up, ever. You don't have to admire their policies, but they don't stop. They lost to Trump in a backslap they never saw coming. And the next day they were out there with their pink hats on. The next day. And they haven't stopped since. Your life will be defined by the fight. Secondly, again, the fight matters. The results matter too, but you can't control that. You can only control your willingness to engage. Secondly, contrast to the GOP legislators. Leaders, party leaders, local officials, federal officials, even the White House, please, I am again, I'm begging you, begging you on bended knee, please, it is time to create a contrast. Many of you are, the president's trying in many cases, but some local GOP leaders have completely forfeited you. That's what that segment was about with Senator Mike Braun from Indiana. He is a Republican who believes that if his, his, his message on pulling qualified immunity from policing, which will destroy police departments. I, I got to be precise. He's not threatening to get rid of qualified immunity. He has a bill that will remold it in a way that will make it difficult to recruit, train, and candidly even retain any police officer qualified on the street. The minute the lawsuits start coming in, Braun will regret this. He's a Republican doing this. Why? I have no idea. I don't know what's in his head. But he did say in the Tucker Carlson interview, and he's welcome to come on again to defend it, he did indicate that one of his motivations for doing it was because Chuck Schumer was basically going to attack him, and so they put something out there. So you're not doing the right thing. You're doing the political thing. Tucker's right to call him out, and we should call out our own people too. It's time to create a contrast. And what does that contrast mean? That means being bold and standing for something the opposite of what the other side is standing for when the other side is wrong. The left wants to come out and stand for something that's right on the moral, positive moral arc of history, then we'll back them. That's not what they're doing right now. This argument about policing in America has nothing to do with policing. I had a little battle on the five yesterday about this. This is not about policing. The data is not on your side. We have civilian complaint review boards. Officers are being fired. The officer engaged in that uh, disastrous, dreadful George Floyd incident is being tried right now. This is not about the cops and the GOP should stand up and say it. Policing is a local issue. Let the locals handle it. This is not about the police. This is about creating division. When are you going to stand up and create that contrast? Listen to me. Everybody's conditioned to think in contrast. Think about it. Noises are louder in a quiet room. Colors are brighter on a white background. Colors are brighter actually, on a dark background. The contrast matters. That's why they put the diamonds on a black background. Movement, I said it before. It's hard to detect movement in a crowd. It's not if nobody's moving. We are conditioned to detect contrast. It's why white noise helps you sleep at night. Because when it's quiet at night with no white noise, any little mild disturbance irritates your brain and can wake you up. There's a lot of noise out there. 
And instead of the Republicans trying to create a contrast, what they're doing is they're just creating their own little minor blips that's getting lost in it. And people are losing the fact that there's a difference between these two parties. We don't believe in higher taxes because they suck and because the government can't spend your money better than you. That's why. Just say it. We don't believe in big government bailouts and we should stop it now, regardless of the president. Enough. No more signing these big government bailout bills because the government doesn't know what to do with the money anymore. We don't believe in government health care because the government can't even run a local DMV in many cases. You want them to crack open your chest and operate on your heart? Some government sanctioned a doctor? No. Stand for something today or we're all going to be kneeling. You must create bold, bright contrast. And Tucker could not have been more right. It's a disappointing time to be a member of this party, I have to tell you. It's really Trump right now and everybody else. He's, listen, he's not without flaws. He gets that, I get that, and we, you know, we shouldn't worship golden calves ever. I wish we could get control of this spending, my gosh, and stop with these bailout stuff. It's killing us. Said as much to people who will listen. But right now, he's all we got. All right, because I don't want to open the show and, and, and sound too depressing. Um, I do have some potential good news. I teased it again in my, on my parlor account before the show where I do exclusive kind of heads up behind the scenes what we're going to do. We may be looking at a big upset, a big upset in 2020. You may say, Biden? No, no. Trump again. It was an interesting article I read this morning by uh, Richard uh, Lemon, the Washington Examiner. It's up in the show notes. Please, please read it. This is really important. If you want to get my show notes, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. You can subscribe. It's an email. It's free. We don't spam your inbox. Don't worry. We'll send you these articles every day. I like to find the gems out there, and this is a good one. Richard Lim, July 1st, 2020. Are we being set up for another stunning Trump win? Two-pager. I got to go back and forth. There's so much information today. There's an interesting comparison between what's going on right now and a prior election in U.S. history that I had not considered before. Richard has an uh, interesting historical perspective I think you need to hear about. Put up the first screenshot, if you don't mind, from that piece. This kind of sounds like, I'm, what I'm going to read to you is a quote from this Washington Examiner piece, and it sounds like Richard's talking about the election right now. Listen up, Joe, when I'm reading this. It sounds like, well, he's talking about now, right? Mm -hmm. No, he's not talking about now. Quote, with five months until the election, things couldn't look any worse for the president of the United States. His approval rating is down to 40%. People are getting tired of his antics and the insults he hurls at his opponents. The media is increasingly confident that come November, the voters will elect a new chief executive. Goes on. This may sound like June 2020, but Richard Lim's actually, Lim's actually referring to June 1948 when President Harry Truman, a Democrat, was running to keep his job against Republican Thomas Dewey. Joe, everybody mm -hmm. remembers the famous uh, Dewey defeats yeah. Truman yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Who's holding up that paper in that iconic photo? Truman. Truman. Yeah. <laughs> who won the election. Yeah. They had already printed that. They were so sure Dewey was going to beat Truman that the headlines had already been printed on the newspaper. Dewey defeats Truman. You've, many of you have seen the photo. Truman actually holding it up as a joke because he won. 
Now, Truman was a Democrat, but a fascinating parallel. Truman's approval ratings were in the 40s. People thought his style was a little too brash, hurling too many insults at his opponent. People felt like it was time to move on. Sounds kind of like now, no? Mm. Well, Richard Lib makes an interesting comparison. He says there were two. Now, again, I'm out of the predictions business here. Especially now, because anything can change overnight, especially in 2020, which is officially the worst decade ever. And it just started. It doesn't matter what happens. 2020 is the worst decade ever. The 20s, worst decade ever. We're six months in. They're just they're, There we go. We're good. Well, actually, worst decade in the last 30, 40 years. Can't say ever. Can't say ever. That would be an insult to the greatest generation, which has suffered, I argue, uh, uh, not even arguably, I should say, a lot more than we have. But going over this, 1948, check out this. Screenshot number one. Uh, number two, excuse me. What's He gives us two reasons why President Trump may be in better shape than people think. The first is political staying power. Prior to 1948, the Democrats had won four straight elections, presidential elections. Many observers assumed that they were due for a loss, like they're assuming now, Joe. Ah, Trump, we've had enough of Trump, especially with the GOP's large gains in the midterm elections. Kind of like the Democrats' large gains in the midterm elections, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The media, however, underestimated the strength of the Democrats' New Deal coalition. While commentators were thinking in terms of political cycles and party turnover, they failed to consider the New Deal's long-term appeal for its constituents. Again, although the ideological components of Truman's 1948 electoral win are completely different than Trump's now, the political staying power of a coalition who believes in something aren't any different. I think they are grossly underestimating that 40, 45% of people who are behind President Trump no matter what. You may say, well, Dan, if it's 45% of people, that's still not 50. No, 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 no. Don't make that mistake. That 45% of people is a poll. If that 45% of people becomes 60% of the electorate, then that's not 45% of people anymore. Don't mistake who answers the polls to who shows up at the polls. Don't make that mistake. I did a show on that. Polls of registered voters don't mean they're likely voters. Polls of likely voters taken in the wrong percentages doesn't mean that's the percentage of people in that potential likely voter pool that's going to show up that day. Here's the second reason they may be underestimating President Trump's support. People often vote for incumbent presidents based on intangibles, leadership skills, or likability, despite the candidate's flaws or policy disagreements. The Washington Post even alluded to this phenomenon after Truman's victory in 48. The American people admire a man with courage, even though they don't always agree with him. The, motor, the voters might give the opposing party control of Congress during the midterms to check the president, but they will still reelect a flawed incumbent because of their supposed charisma. See Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. I'm just telling you, folks, who knows what's going to happen. But be prepared for a potential big upset. Another reason I covered segment one, and now I'm covering segment two. These stories are tied together. They're not unrelated. If you're serious about winning to the GOP folks, to the Trump administration, the Trump campaign too, it is time, and I know the Trump campaign takes this seriously, to create big, bold contrasts and stop worrying about the political correctness and the New York Times front page headlines about what you did. Stand for what is right, and people will see it in the long run. The American electorate is smart enough to figure this out. We are not the dunces the left-wing media wants you to believe. We have to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. 
Here is our contrast, our contract with America, contract going forward. Here's what we believe in. Here's what we are going to fight for. We are willing to stand for it. We're willing to fight for it today if you will rep us. All right. Showing you the disaster the other side is. I'm going to go into this other segment in a minute. I just want to get to my second sponsor here. I want to show you what Joe Biden and the Democrats are planning for you, including what they're planning for your wallet and your house in the suburbs in case you're on the, the mistaken, uh, you know, uh, mistaken belief that this fight's not coming to your door because that's a big catastrophic mistake. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Liquid IV. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a thousand degrees in Florida in the last couple of days. I have been working out my garage and I have been melting. Like, what is it? The Wicked Witch of the East or the, I don't even know, but I'm melting it to the ground. <laughs> I use Liquid IV. I'm serious. If not, I would probably have passed out. Proper hydration is crucial for your immune system, can keep your immunity strong too. With Liquid IV, you have the latest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. It tastes good too. Paula is addicted to the stuff. She loves it. She takes it before she runs down here in my neighborhood. One serving of Liquid IV promotes the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water alone. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins of more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. Forget those sugary sports drinks. This stuff is better for you. No artificial flavors or preservatives and it's less sugar than an apple. It's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Well, what makes Liquid IV so effective? I'm going to tell you. Cellular transport technology. It has the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium, which delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream quick and fast. You know, you're like, wow, well, sugar. I could just drink a Coca-Cola. You ever notice why your stomach hurts? Because it doesn't have the proper ratio of sugars, sodium. But that, that's why. It's not made for that. This is the perfect balance to help you hydrate quickly and effectively. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water will give you as much hydration as two to three bottles of plain water. It's available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code Bongino at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today. Don't wait at liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Again, liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. I love it. I used to cramp up before. I'm just talking about me. I don't have any issues with that now. Love Liquid IV. Good stuff. Okay. So getting back to this, contrast time, contrast, contrast. This is what we believe in. This is what the crap on the other side that they believe in. This is the garbage they believe in. If you decide to elect Joe Biden, whatever, you think he's likable, he's cutesy, he's harmless, whatever you think it may be. I know it's not my audience, but some people out there are confused right now. Here's what's actually going to happen to you. Biden is now, I already told you about the other stuff. Biden is openly pledging now to hike your taxes. You don't believe me? Here's a left-wing site. CNBC, they're less left-wing than MSNBC and NBC, but they're still, they, they're bent as left. Biden tells donors, I'm going to get rid of most of Trump's tax cuts, and a lot of you may not like that. Kevin Bruniger, CNBC. Don't take my word for it. That's not a made-up article. It's not The Onion. It's not the Babylon Bee. That is Joe Biden, who was caught on tape or put it out, telling his donors, I am going to hike your taxes. He's not kidding. Folks, if Joe Biden wins the presidency, we will likely lose the Senate too. The filibuster will go out the window and your taxes are going to go up. Now, you may be saying, some of you, ah, again, I'm in my suburb. My business did fine under Obama. It wasn't as bad as everybody said it was going to be. Okay, let me tell you how this is actually going to affect you. So I went to Investopedia, pulled up the tax brackets. Now, 
the taxes that were cut under President Trump's tax cuts. And some of you may be thinking, probably the liberals who listen to my show, oh, that's not going to affect me. Joe Biden's just going to raise taxes on the rich people. No, he's pledging to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. Those were largely tax cuts for the middle class. That can't be, Dan. That can't be. I was told these were tax cuts for the wealthy, not for me. Well, you were told wrong. So here's Investopedia. Let's go to the screenshot from the piece just to show you what the tax cuts actually were, because this is what the tax cuts actually won't be when Joe Biden reverses them. So let's see how much your taxes are going to go up. Screenshot, uh, uh, screenshot from the piece here. You'll see the top tax bracket was uh, 39.6. Uh, uh, excuse me. The, uh, let me go into this here. Sorry. The top rate fell from 39.6 to 37%. That's 2.6%. So yes, people at the top of the tax bracket did get a 2.6 percentage point tax break. Sorry for that stumble on my words. I just want to get through this fast because it's important. So now you're saying, look, Dan, you're wrong. The rich got a big tax cut. Well, the question isn't who got a tax cut. The question is who got a bigger tax cut. The next bracket, the 33% bracket, the upper middle class, dropped to 32%. So your wealthy upper middle class neighbors got a one percentage point tax break. Not as big as the wealthy ones that got 2.6%. But, okay, now we start getting into the middle class tax brackets. The middle class paid 28% before. Now, Joe, according to the leftist fairy tales and the media hacks out there, they'll tell you, well, the Trump tax cuts didn't affect the middle class. Only the rich got a tax cut. Really? Because you're in the 28% tax bracket. This is where the middle class starts. Your tax bracket was lowered to 24%. For I'm just checking, yeah. but that's 4%. Okay, yeah, 4%, is. which is greater than yeah. 2.7. Okay, thank you, Joe. Just say, ask, you know, as the audience referee, you got to stay on top of this You're stuff. Good, bro. So the rich got 2.6%, middle class got 4%. The next, the one lower, you know, middle, middle class, let's call them, went from 25% to 23%. That's a three percentage point tax cut, still bigger than the rich got at 2.6%. And the 15% tax bracket, People at the lower middle class went to 12%, which is 15, 3, that's 3%, 15 to 12%, 3%, 3%, which is still greater than the rich got at 2.6%. So 2.63. So the biggest tax cuts went to the middle class, the biggest tax hikes in a one big double-barreled, I'll use the pointer finger, but you get it, double-barreled middle finger to middle class. America, Joe Biden is planning to hike your taxes. If this is what you want, Vote away. I'm not here to talk you out of it at this point. If you are absolutely convinced higher taxes are some magic potion that are going to rescue the economy and you want to pay more taxes, then yes, you are absolutely correct. Joe Biden is your guy. The Democrats will also push for an inheritance tax as well. Because not only is it good enough to tax your income while you're alive, yeah. but when you invest that money and save it for your kids, they've got to tax you when you're dead too. You can't even die without escaping taxes. The death tax, this is a real thing. Yeah. New York Times is covering it now. They're already calling for it. Tax the rich and their heirs. New York Times, Lily Batchelder, whatever. How to tax inheritances more fairly. Inheritances? How to tax them more fairly? Keep in mind, an inheritance tax, which I promise you, with no filibuster and a Democrat Senate, Joe Biden will get rid of too. This is money you've already paid taxes on. You understand that? This is money you've already earned, paid your taxes on. You've either paid cap gains, corporate taxes, or income taxes. You want to just pass it off to your sons, your daughters, your granddaughters. You're not even allowed to do that. 
The New York Times is like, hey, buddy, we want that money too. Well, what happens when you tax inheritances? Well, I had to go back to the Heritage Foundation, which does some decent work on this stuff. Heritage, keeping the death tax would make no sense at all. This is from 2017. What actually happens when you tax people in inheritances after they paid taxes on it their whole life? Well, let's go to Heritage. They're absolutely right about this. It says the largest estates are often those that include family-owned businesses. You know, Joe, like farms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Family businesses appear valuable on paper, but it's hard to pay a 40% death tax on the value of your farm equipment without selling it or taking out a huge loan. It says you may have heard that less than 5,000 people pay the estate tax each year. So proponents of the tax will claim it has no measurable effect, measurable effect on businesses or the economy. What these proponents of the death tax fail to recognize is that the tax incentivizes business owners to close or sell their companies before they die, spend down their investments rather than working to maintain their business for future generations. Folks, contrast, contrast, contrast. Where's the GOP on this now? Where are they? Where are the counter op-eds right now? Where are the people standing up saying, no, no, BS, bull. I worked my whole life. I have my, my money invested in my business. My business is a family farm or whatever it is. If I want to pass that to my kids, I'm not selling my damn business to pay a 40% tax I don't owe to you because I already paid my taxes my entire life. Where are we on this? We know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. The GOP knows it's wrong. It's immoral. It's unethical. And it's counterproductive because nobody wants to die to give their money to a government that's going to flush it down a toilet bowl. So what do they do? Exactly what the heritage piece says they're going to do. They sell off their assets and they live the life of Riley their last four or five years or 10 years or whatever it may be because they don't want anything left behind because what they left behind is going to go to the government instead of who they wanted it to. So they just spend the way. They say, well, damn, what's the problem with that? Because, ladies and gentlemen, valuable farms, valuable businesses are liquidated. These are good quality businesses, many of them family owned, that rather than give them over to the government by selling them and liquidating them to pay for dying, they'd rather just liquidate them themselves and at least live off the fruits of it. So now a good quality business is liquidated because the government did this, because that's what the government does. They destroy. My gosh, is it ever time to speak up? This is going to be an information-loaded show today. Sometimes there's a lot of emotion in these shows, sometimes a lot of fact. This is going to be a little bit of both, but we're going to pack you full of info. Tax segment, you all got it? Take that to the bank and mail that check, because if you elect Biden, your money, 3% of your income in the middle class, some maybe more, depending on whether taxes go up, you can just send that check to the government right now. Here's another one. This is a topic I have been hot on for a long time with Senator Mike Lee and others who are really concerned about this. Do you remember, Joe, when we were recording in the other studio in Palm City when I used to live over there? You remember we did this show on AFFH, Obama's War on the Suburbs oh, in the yes. Obama administration? Yes, where they were we did a few Remember that show? Them. Yeah, uh-huh. We, we did a few, yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. We did a few, we did a whole, we did like a whole week of them, That's as a right. matter of fact. Mm -hmm. You may say to yourself, AFFH, affirmatively furthering fair housing. What the heck is that? I haven't heard. It can't be important. I haven't heard anything about it on the nightly news. 
I'm bringing this up today again. The show is about contrast. The GOP needs to set it up. We don't believe in higher taxes because they suck. Higher taxes don't do anything for the economy. The GOP also needs to come out tomorrow and say, we're going to defend the suburbs because free American people decided to live there, save their whole lives to buy homes there, and they don't want the government coming in and wrecking the whole damn thing because of some political agenda. Well, that's what's happening right now. Check out this piece at National Review. If you haven't heard about AFFH, please perk up now because if you have a home in the suburbs, this is going to be the most important thing happening to you. Your taxes may go up. But wait till you see your neighborhoods being dominated by government at the federal level. Your local government wiped out nearly completely in decision-making authority about what gets built where. Stanley Kurtz, who's been on this topic forever, read this piece at the show notes, please. Please. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Biden and the Dems are set to abolish the suburbs. What is this about? Funny, sometimes I leave little notes for myself. Pay very close attention to this. That's a note for me, not for you. Yeah. But you need to pay very close attention to it's this, too. It's important. Yeah, that's right. It's important. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It's a T-shirt. It's important. Folks, the Democrats a long time ago in some of these major cities, they were running out of tax money to support their liberal Democratic causes. So what they did, and this is in the Stanley Kurtz article with references, if you'd like to read it, in the interest of time, I'm going to abbreviate it. What they did in the past, some of these Democrat-run cities, is because they were running out of tax revenue, because they ran all the businesses out of their town, is they just basically annexed the suburbs. They just made it part of the city. Suburbs are like, what? City, we're just going to expand. Well, what did that do, Joe? It enabled upper-middle-class suburbanites or I should say, and annex their ability to pay taxes somewhere. And now they were paying taxes to the city because they were now city res- residents, whether they liked it or not. Well, when a lot of suburbanites caught wind of that, that was, they, they cut that out. There were some, uh, some, some le- illegalities and, and, and problems with it. They cut that out. But the Democrats never gave up. And again, the history of it's in the piece. I encourage you to read it. He has a book out too about it. The Democrats never gave up on their desire to annex the suburbs. Now, this is for a number of reasons. They want it. They want to own it. They want to run it. Couple of reasons. Number one, I just said, told you reason number one of the taxes. Suburbanites save up their whole lives. You buy a house with your picket fence. You probably have a little bit of money. If you have a little bit of money and they can tax your income, the cities want to tax it. But I don't live in the city. That's okay. We'll just say you live in the city. Problem solved, right? They want your money. That's number one, the reason they want to dissolve the suburbs and make sure they're part part and parcel of a bigger city. Number two, it's to appease environmentalists. Environmentalists will tell you the world is collapsing tomorrow. I'm hoping to get this. This environmentalist had a big change of heart, this prominent environmentalist in a Breitbart piece. It was in the show notes yesterday. I hope I can get to it later. But to appease environmentalists that don't like the suburbs, why? Because they hate the automobile, they hate commuting, and they think the world is collapsing tomorrow because the automobile... Uh, has emissions from the tailpipe. So if we can wipe out the suburbs or make people not want to live there, we can move them back in the city, stuff them into uh, trains and subways and buses. Problem solved. One, they want your money. Two, they want you out of your car. Three is important too. The third reason the Democrats hate the suburbs and Joe Biden will commit to making the suburbs disappear as you know them. The Democrats don't like the fact that they have a number of wasted votes right now. What do I mean by that? Their votes are not diluted. 
It's the reason the president won. I mean, he lost the popular vote, but he won the Electoral College. And one of the reasons that you see it in congressional races and you see it in the presidential race as well with the Electoral College is Democrats tend to live together and vote in enormous numbers in very closely dense pockets of uh, areas and pockets of the country. It leads to a lot of what they call in political electoral dynamics, wasted votes. Because there's so many Democrats in such a small space in Manhattan. The congressional districts get divvied up, but there's almost no way to gerrymander it effectively. It's actually gerrymander, but gerrymander, because then I get a million emails about it. There's no way to effectively gerrymander. Why? Because if you have Democrats in an apartment building in Central Park West and 95% of the residents of that building are Democrat voters, say there's 500 residents, Mm -hmm. you can't gerrymander the building. Top floors are going to vote in Congressional District 6, bottom (laughs) floors in Congressional District 2. You can't do it. It's hard to divvy up a block in Manhattan. If there's 12,000 residents on a block in Manhattan and 90% of them are Democrats, it's really hard to cut the block in half. Where are you going to stick the other block? Because the next block over, Joe, are Democrats too. So you wind up getting congressional districts in Manhattan and where Joe lives in Maryland. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Montgomery County. All Democrats. There's no way to divvy it up. They tried. They're doing their best. They stuck a lot of them in congressional district six where I ran. But there's no way to divvy it up even better and get more Democrat districts because they're all coalesced in one spot. They're not diluted. You'll win congressional seats in Manhattan 85 to 15. 85% for the Democrat, maybe 15% of the residents of Manhattan in the congressional district will vote Republican. What's the problem there? Mm -hmm. You just wasted 35% of the vote. Well, 34, because you only needed 51% to win. Wouldn't it be more effective, Joe, if we could get some of those city-dwelling Democrats to roll out into the suburbs and vote there instead? Oh, yeah. Where the Republicans are much more diluted. Mm -hmm. Republicans win seats 55-45, 51-49, because they've spread themselves out around the country. It's the same reason we still are effective in Congress, can be, in election wins sometimes. We had the majority for a while. And we still win elections with the Electoral College because we're more spread out. We don't waste votes. You may say, oh, we want to win in overwhelming fashion. No, we don't. We want to win 52-48, 53-47, because it means our voters are spread out more tactically and strategically. We don't want to win 90-10. You just wasted 40% of the vote. What's the point? You still won. They want these voters out in the suburbs, but what's the problem? The problem is a lot of city-dwelling residents, some of them in lower-income cities, don't have the money to move into the suburbs. Oh, we got a fix for that. So they want your money. They definitely want you out of your car, and they want your votes diluted now too, big time. So how do you get city people City folks, city residents, some who can't afford homes in the suburbs. I was a city kid, so no one's going to lecture me about it. I saved up my whole life for my first house in Severna Park, Maryland. I was a city kid. So was Paula. 
So please, libs watching, spare your lectures. Take it to someone who who cares because it's not me. I've been there. I lived it. You didn't. You probably live in your mommy's basement roasting s'mores with your Snuggie right now. So I'll take a hard pass on your advice. How do you get city dwellers out to the burbs? Let's go to screenshot number one from this terrific National Review piece. Because, Joe, they can't annex the suburbs anymore legally, they have a de facto rather than de jure annex, uh, annexation strategy. And it has three parts to take over the suburbs you live in. By the way, here's the Biden plan. I'm reading this off to you. They're going to use a kind of quota system to force economic integration in the suburbs, pushing urban residents outside of the city. You know what? Can we go through these one by one? Can you come back to me? Because it'd be simpler that way. Piece number one of the upcoming Biden plan. I'm not messing with you. This is the Biden plan. This is the Biden Cory Booker plan. What they're going to do, this is very clever. You got a house in the burbs, listen up. They're going to say, what's the racial makeup of your area? Well, that seems like you guys are a bunch of racists over there. There's not enough Hispanic residents, not enough black residents, not enough Asian residents. So what we're going to do is we're going to condition federal money HUD grants, highway grants, things a lot of these municipalities need to fix their roads and things. We're going to condition that on the fact that you work on that racial makeup of your town. Keep in mind, it is illegal to discriminate in housing right now. You understand that, right? Yeah. It's illegal. You cannot refuse to sell a home to anyone because they're Hispanic or black. It's illegal. Anyone who feels they're discriminated against can and should sue if it happened. Absolutely. That's not what this says. They just say, if enough Hispanic or black residents don't want to move into your neighborhood, we'll fix that for you. Don't worry about it. They're not alleging anybody's a racist. They're just saying, we're going to say you're racist because we don't have specific examples. So just that somehow there's not enough Hispanic residents in your neighborhood. So definitely it was like collective racism or something. Let's go to part number two of their plan. This is devious stuff, folks. Part number two, they're going to close down suburban growth by regulating development, restricting automobile use, and limiting highway growth and repair, forcing would-be suburbanites back to the city. What did I tell you? You know those road grants, Joe? Again, let's see the racial makeup of your neighborhood. We don't like that. Definitely not enough Hispanic residents. By the way, we have uh, three Hispanic residents in my own house, but that doesn't matter. It's never going to be enough, I promise you. Mm-hmm. they're going to say, you know that highway grant you need for I-95 running through your county, which does happen to run through the county I live in, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no good. No good, not going to happen. Wait, what do you mean? It's your highway. You got to fix it. No, 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 we're not, we're not, no, no, no dice. We don't like the racial makeup of your neighborhood. Or, wait, are you alleging somebody didn't sell a home to someone because of race? No, no, we're not saying we can't prove any of that. We're just saying we don't like how your neighborhood looks. Oh, oh, okay. That sounds racist in and of itself. Of course, you know, soft bigotry is the left's uh, thing. Sometimes hard bigotry outright. Let's go to part three of the Biden-Booker platform. So basically shut down the suburbs, call you all racists. Uh, what's part three again? Use state and federal laws to force suburbs to redistribute their tax revenue to poorer cities in their greater metropolitan area. <laughs> Isn't that special? So you work your entire life to get away from liberal cities that are confiscating your income, really hurting your wallet, Crushing your business with regulations, you finally save up enough to get out of those liberal cities to move into the suburbs. And now they're working on economic annexation plans to redistribute money from the suburbs back into the city you tried to get away from. 
totally fair, right? Of course not. They don't care. It's called affirmatively furthering fair housing. You better ask every one of your legislators at the federal level, your congressman, your senator, hey, where do you stand on this? Because this is, this is coming. Listen, I got to take a quick break for my next sponsor, but I want to just finish up. I got another screenshot from this piece. It's important. This is not a joke. The Obama administration was ready to go full bore on this before they lost. And shockingly, the uh, HUD, the, the Senator, uh, excuse me, Secretary Carson, forgive me. They're not doing enough to get rid of this now. They got to do this right now. Sorry, we had the blue screen of doom there on my side. So <laughs> the blue screen of doom is very real during my show. When you see the blue screen of doom, we have to make quick edits immediately. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the market for a firearm, there is no better place to go than Bravo Company Manufacturing because they believe the same level of protection should be provided to every American. If you're a private citizen, you're a professional, law enforcement, you're in our military, Bravo Company Manufacturing makes life-saving equipment. Now, Bravo Company Manufacturing is not a sporting arms company. A lot of great sporting arms companies for hunting rifles, great. Check them all out. That's not Bravo. Bravo makes life-saving equipment. They are the finest rifles out there designed to function. God forbid it's not a paper target looking at you. They are manufactured in, in America, in Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the finest rifles on the market. I have two of them. They're my go-tos. I have them. They're right in my safe right now. Love them. BCM puts people before their products. These things work. They work well. They're on target. I have not had a single malfunction with my firearm. It is a precision manufactured, life-saving rifle. Love it to death. This thing is terrific. Check it out. BCM knows making reliable, life-saving tools only half the story. They work with leading instructors of marksmanship from the top levels of America's spec ops community, and they connect them with other Americans. These top instructors teach the skills necessary to defend yourself, your family, or others. You want to learn more about them? You do. Check out Bravo Company Manufacturing by heading over to bravocompanymfg.com. You can discover more about their products, special offers, and even upcoming news. That's Bravo Company M like Mary, F like Frank, G like George.com. Need more convincing? Check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Check them out today. Ladies and gentlemen, seriously, if you're in the market for a rifle or firearm, bravocompanymfg.com. Don't go elsewhere. These guys are the best in the business. Check them out. Okay. So getting back to my story here, because this is critical. They want your tax money. They want your votes. They want your roads gone. They want you out of your car. They want to annex the suburbs in a de facto fashion because they can't get it done legally anymore. This is Joe Biden's plan. Well, how are they going to do it? I told you what this three-step process, how they're going to take your tax money back, basically call you all racist for living in a community where they don't agree with the racial makeup. They have no evidence any of that's true. It's illegal to do that. But how are they actually going to destroy the suburbs? Let's go back to the piece. I warned you about this plan years ago. The Cory Booker approach, which is now endorsed by Joe Biden. This is your guy, folks. This is your guy if you're voting Joe Biden. May block even this way out. Talking about the HUD grants. Basically, what he's saying is in the past, it was only HUD grants that were conditional. And so communities could just say, screw it. I'm not going to abide by those stupid rules. We're going to do our own thing and you can keep your HUD grant and shove it. Well, they want to block that too. Booker wants to hold suburban zoning hostage, not only to HUD grants, listen to this, but to federal transportation grants as well to build and repair highways. 
it'll be next to impossible for suburbs to get uh, to opt out of those state-run highway repairs. Otherwise, suburban roads will deteriorate and suburban access to major arteries will be blocked. Do you believe this crap? This is real. AFFH plus the Booker plan will leave America's suburbs with no alternative. Listen to this. But to eliminate their single-family zoning and turn over their planning to the feds, slowly but surely, suburbs will become helpless satellites of the cities they surround exactly as progressive urbanists intended it to be. Say, I don't get it. I still don't get how they're going to do it. They're going to attack the zoning laws in your area, basically claim they're racist, and demand that you build high-density, low-income housing right smack dab in the middle of the suburbs you live now in. Again, where's the contrast? I know, listen, I get it. There are a lot of Republicans out there. Many listen to my show. I get it. I totally understand. I don't agree with it. And I think you're making a huge mistake, but I get what you're doing. You're afraid to speak out against this. Why? Why do you think, Joe? Because the media is going to say what right away? Yeah. You're a racist. Yeah. That's what you're afraid of. You know it's wrong. You know most suburbanites work their butts off their entire lives. Many of them choose as free people, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. Muslim, Jewish, Christian, men, women choose as free Americans where it's illegal to discriminate on housing. There's no question about that. Choose to live in the suburbs because they don't like city life. So now the components of city life, packed roads, high density housing, buildings everywhere that they didn't like because you're not happy with their choices. You want to stick the city life back in the suburbs they tried to get away from because you're in the federal government. You think you know better. Stop being afraid. Make this issue a central plank of your platform and don't even think twice about it and never look over your shoulder. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to call you an istophobic, anything ending in an istorophobe. It doesn't make a difference. Misogynist, racist, xenophobe, transphobe, homophobe. Gonna call. It doesn't matter. None of it's true. If you know it's not true, then what are you afraid of? You know this is wrong. People make decisions to live in areas because they don't like certain characteristics of other areas. They don't want to sit in the traffic. They don't like the smog. You're not happy with their choices. This is like communist stuff. Read that article. I'll again go back to the beginning of the show. This election's about contrasts. And if the GOP's not willing for stand for something, well, you know, we got to, like Mike Braun, we got to jump in with this police reform thing. Why? Why Why do we have to do that? Why? Because there was, yeah, that incident with George Floyd. Yeah, that was a horror. The guy's going to jail. He will probably lose his case. I don't understand. So every cop in the country, I don't know, 85, 90, 90 plus percent of them, which don't do anything wrong. They go to work, they do their job and they go home. I don't mean anything wrong like they live without sin. I mean, don't do anything wrong in requirements with their job function. They go to work, they answer jobs, they go home. We have to reform. Why, why do we have to do that? We already have processes in place because we're afraid of what the Democrats will say. That's what's guiding your thinking. You know, this destroying the suburbs battle is going on. You know what? You're not stupid. Mike Lee's been fighting against this for a long time. Senator from Utah. You know it's wrong, 
And yet you're afraid to speak out because you're afraid Chuck Schumer is going to call you a racist. He's going to call you that anyway. This has nothing to do with race. It is illegal to discriminate on housing based on race. Good. That's a great thing. You have no evidence any of that is true. Schumer, you're afraid of Schumer? You have to stand for something. Tell the American people, your wallet's going to get thinner. Your business is going to be attacked. You want to, to swim through a sea of government red tape again after Trump just spent four years getting rid of it? You want your you want high density housing in the suburbs you just moved to to get away from high density housing? I can already see the liberal retort, by the way. They're gonna say, well, it's all about your property values. Republicans, oh, what am I gonna say? I'll look like a capitalist if I say yes. Capitalist. You are a capitalist. Yes, it's about my property values. Why is that hard to understand? Middle-class Americans work their whole lives. They invest their entire savings, busting their humps, breaking uh, you know, fingers and getting blood under their fingernails, busting their cabooses their entire lives to save a nest egg, many of which have that nest egg invested in their property. What, that's wrong? Because what, you said so? You hack politician who you're, you never had a real job your entire life? Your whole job is, is, is kissing babies and getting elected, ruining people's lives? We're supposed to apologize for saving our whole lives and investigating a home. What is it about your property values? Yeah, it is. That's my life. That's everything. Large swaths of America, everything they've ever worked for is invested in their home. Why are you afraid to speak out? Afraid we'll look like we're defending the rich. We'll look like racists. Are you? I'm not a racist. So then shut your hole. What are you worried about? Something racist about saying I'd like to live in the suburbs. You know that. Speak up. All right, so we had some good news, some bad news, contrasts. We discussed a lot in the show. I want to end with this story. This will be the end. I, I didn't know if I was going to get to it, but it's important. Word of caution. Charlie Hurd is a great piece up in the Washington Times. I have a lot of respect for Charlie. He's a very, um, he's a sage political analyst. You should listen to him. Charles Hurt, Washington Times. Again, in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. I warned you about this too. Beware, President Trump of the enthusiasm gap. Enthusiasm superiority amongst Trump supporters could breed complacency. You remember this story, Joe, I told on the show a little while ago, I was in the gym, I'll go through yeah. the whole thing, but friend right. of mine, good guy, I know you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. I was on the reverse hyper machine, which I like, it's good for my back. And he was like, man, I am worried about this election. You know, Trump's gonna, gonna kick ass, man. Everybody loves Trump, don't even worry about it. I said, that is a catastrophic error in judgment you're making right now. Please don't tell me that again. It was a little uncomfortable after that. I want to be scared. I want to be anxious. Because you know what anxiety does? It incentivizes people to show up at the polls because they're afraid of losing. I warned you about this probably a year and a half, two years ago. Who knows when I did that show? Charlie Hurd is writing about this right now. Enthusiasm for Trump supporters is high. That's great. That's terrific. There's also a downside. Here's a screenshot from Charlie Hurd's piece. I encourage you to pay attention to. 
Trump's fourth year in office has been an unusual one, to say the least. But even that gives his supporters unwarranted reason to be complacent. They see a president at a time of a national threat trying to unify the country, while his enemies in D.C. and in Congress only work to weaponize every tragedy for their personal political advantage. With dishonest, evil vermin like this against him, how could Mr. Trump not win, a lot of us are saying. He says, to be clear, and please listen to this, any such complacency among Trump supporters is badly misplaced. The only difference between 2016 and 2020 is at this time, the Democrats, the political media, and the so-called deep state now know that Donald Trump can win. This time, there is nothing they will not do to destroy him. Amen, Brother Charlie. Be anxious. Be worried. Get out there, knock on the doors. Donate if you can. Wave your signs. Vote. But don't for a second think, oh, I can sit this election out. President Trump is A-OK. That is a catastrophic error. That's what Hillary Clinton's team did in 2016. And that's why we took the White House. Read the article. It's definitely worth your time. He goes into a couple other points how excitement, I don't, don't get me wrong. Enthusiasm's great. I'm enthusiastic for the president's second term too. But don't let it overtake your action impulse and say, I don't need to go out and sign wave this weekend for the president. I don't need to whatever, donate or I don't even need to vote. He's going to be okay. No, 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 no. If your enthusiasm is leading you to that, then get unenthusiastic real quick because we need you a little anxious. It'll matter. All right. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. That was a loaded show today. Let me get to, we got stuff just sitting there. I had a clip of Chris Cuomo. I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow. Just getting absolutely wrecked. And uh, don't miss my interview with Jenna Ellis. We'll be recording it today, launching it on Friday. Uh, one of President Trump's attorneys. She's really bright. You've seen her on Fox. She's terrific. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're trying to get to 500,000 subscribers. We are almost there. Thanks to your support. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.